What is up, people? You are listening in to New Generation Sports Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. This is a March Madness episode of Sports Talk. I know it's been a little bit of a minute since we've done Sports Talk. Busy lives happening for all of us, but we wanted to make sure we put out a uh, NCAA tournament episode of the show. So we'll be talking about all the big matchups, the breaking down each region. We'll give you guys our Final Four picks also give you some upset picks, give you some double GCCs that we think can make a deep run in this tournament. We'll talk about also uh, which number one seeds may get bounced early in this tournament. So uh, a lot to get to on this episode. Happy to be back doing Sports Talk. Joining me is Kendall Stewart, who's also back on Sports Talk, this being a college basketball episode. Kendall, I know you follow college basketball as close as anyone, so I know you're always excited to do this episode of uh, Sports Talk every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been especially fun the last few years uh, uh, with my Memphis Tigers being involved in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually, actually almost. making it finally. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, usually I'm talking about everybody else's team, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's always great, man. I mean, um, the Thursday Friday first round of the NCAA tournament is one of the best two days in, in sports you'll you'll ever find. I mean. Uh, you know, the first two days of the NBA playoffs is really good. Um, you know, conference, you know, championship Sunday in the NFL is really good. Yep. Um, you know, there are certain days, obviously Sunday at the Masters, certain certain things like that. If it's close, like certain there are certain sporting events that uh that there's a specific time in which <laughs> they are at their peak. But that that first those first two days are are hard to be matched because you're just the sheer volume of high level basketball being played um, yeah. with the amount of stakes involved in every single game individually is, is hard to, again, it's hard to match. So um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, you know, I I've got my takes on every region. I've got my takes <laughs> on every team for the most part. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, man. So let's get it in. So I, I mean, I, I'm really excited about this tournament. I feel like it is, Maybe the most wide open tournament field that I can remember. It's gonna be interesting when you hear my picks because I think maybe my picks don't reflect that. But I really do feel like this is going to be a tournament that is. I expect my like some every. I think every year, Kendall. I don't know about you, but I go in kind of thinking like, oh, like this year, like I'm gonna get it right and my picks are gonna be solid and I won't have to worry about too, you know, getting you know, you know making the wrong moves up like this year i'm kind of expecting my bracket to get busted like i just feel like a lot of the top end teams um have showed a lot of weaknesses some of it through just their own roster some of it is i think going to be shown through injury there are a lot of key injuries to a lot of some a lot of these teams that are ranked very high in these brackets and i think there's a lot of parity in in a lot of for a lot of these uh teams i think you know some of these teams that were listed as six and seven seeds, I'm like, I mean, these are teams that finished second in their conference. And, you know, they're being picked to, you know, be a seven seed power conference. They're picked to be a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. That to me tells me that uh, anybody really can win this thing. So I think this is going to be a really open field. I think that means that you'll see a Final Four that's going to look crazy. I, like, I like I, I think that it can end up, I think you're going to see Elite Eight, especially, that's going to look crazy. I think they're going to be teams that no one uh, could see going that far. So I think that makes for excitement um i think that in some ways when we get to the final four you want you hope that you get the four best teams because you know we've gotten caught in years where there's a terrible matchup and somebody gets beat by 40 we've had too many of those recently so um hopefully we'll have competitive games but i'm expecting a lot of uh 
a lot of attrition to a lot of people's brackets, maybe more so than even normal. So talking about these number one seats, um, there was some conversation, and like we're so deep into the week, I'm not going to get into the debates of like who should have been in, who should have been out, and who should you know who should have been number one seat, who well, shouldn't. Well, that's Let, what's funny is that yeah, that when when you get to this, when you like yeah, that that's a fun topic Monday to topic on Monday. Yep. But like once you get to Wednesday, Thursday, like like Rutgers already lost to Hofstra, so I don't hear <laughs> yeah. In the NIT, so I don't hear yeah. anything about Rutgers, you know, and obviously it's not fair, you know, they're playing an hour in a no-stakes game versus a high-stakes game, but at the end of the day, you know, you had your chance to prove that you should have made the tournament, and, you know, you got bounced by a, by a you know, a G5 school, so less than G5 school, you yeah. got bounced by a low-major school, so it's, yeah. Shout out, though, to the fighting Speedy Claxons for getting the win in the NIT, though. Uh, you know, Speedy Claxons done a really good job with that program, but... These number one seeds, uh, there was some conversation, but again, I don't know if we're going to go into depth about, you know, should Houston been number one seed uh, in terms of being a number two, number one seed over Kansas? Should Kansas have been the number one overall seed? Like, it didn't seem like there was a lot of people happy with how a lot of this bracket went with the number one seeds. I look at these brackets, and I'm curious what you think of in terms of which team do you feel is, A, most likely to get to the Final Four, and B, who is most likely to get upset early? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a full disclaimer in answering this question. I don't have any one seeds on my initial bracket. I say initial bracket. <laughs> wow. We still have, what, 12 yes. hours or so? Yes, 12 to, hours. And I am one, and I think you are one as well, who that makes late changes. Yeah, you can make late changes, man. I, I posture a lot. EJ, you know, I've said things on this show, and then he looks at my bracket the next day, and it's I know, and totally I get, different, man. I give him crap for it, man, because I'm like, yeah. you, you gave He's a promise to the, the people. Yeah, and like, see, I do smaller changes. I feel like Kendall, when I look, he will sell me. Yeah, he'll change his national champion, have that his national champion losing in the Sweet Sixteen. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, so as of now, I have no one seeds in the Final Four. Interesting. Um, but in terms of the one seed that I feel best about, uh, the one seed I have going the furthest is is Alabama, and I think okay. that that's the one that I think most people feel best about. Um, I think they got a good draw. I don't think the draw is as great as people think it is. I think it's an awesome draw. So that's interesting. I, I, yeah, I think it is. I think I think it's good. Um, I think they walked to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, although eight nine games are always weird. Obviously, I'm not. When you say walk to the Sweet Sixteen, like they'll have to show up to beat Maryland or West Virginia. But um, assuming they do, they should have no problem. I think that a sweet potential Sweet Sixteen matchup against a, a Virginia. Uh, it's tougher than people are giving it credit for. Um, that's now it's gonna it's gonna take a lot for Virginia to get to the C sixteen with the way that's they play. Asking, but, that's asking a lot of Virginia to see that they're gonna <laughs> they're asking. gonna beat two teams to get to Alabama at this point. But they might be the perfect kind of four seed to like muck the game up and make it yeah. close with a team like Alabama. Mm. Um, they may not have the firepower, but uh, but that's the thing. Like I have them going to the Elite Eight because I haven't getting past Virginia, although I think that'll be tougher. And I think just think the bottom half of that bracket is tough, regardless of if it's Baylor, Arizona, uh, potentially even a Creighton. Um, I think any of those teams could potentially beat Alabama. Not saying that they would uh, necessarily, but I think if they did, uh, if they did, I wouldn't be surprised. With that being said, I think they're the they're the they're the team in the best shape, uh, and in the worst shape is uh, Purdue. Um, mm-hmm. Purdue got a tough uh, got a tough draw. Um, 
you know, obviously I'm a Memphis fan, so I'm a little partial. I'm actually not thrilled about the, uh, you know, the, the 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 campaign that's been going on nationally to to have to put to put Memphis in the Sweet 16 like as a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think it'll be a lot tougher than people are giving credit for. Um, you know, but it's still a tough match. It's still not a, it's not a normal eight seed in terms of you know the, how they're playing right now. I mean, this is a team in Memphis that played Alabama on the road in non-conference play, lost by two points yep. in Tuscaloosa, played uh, Houston a couple of weeks ago in Houston without Kendrick Davis, you know, their star star point guard, lost by eight points and, you know, had the game within five with a minute and a half to go. Um, it seems like a miracle considering how much they rely on Kendrick Davis. And I, it's DeAndre, crazy. DeAndre I Williams to provide their offense. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching, like, that was one of those games where I was like, I don't even know if I want to watch this game because I know it's, we're going to lose by 30 points and it's, I'm just going to be upset because I felt like we maybe had would have had a chance if we had our point guard. But mm. we ended up being in the game enough to where you're like, man, we didn't, you know, if we would have had him, maybe we would have won. But, you know, then we had the opportunity in Memphis a couple weeks last week, uh, last game of the season on uh, national TV, lose on the buzzer beater. Uh, and then obviously conference championship game. You know, Sasser doesn't play. We blow the doors open in the first half, and then Houston fights back. Ten-point win for Memphis. So I think a lot of people that are picking Memphis are assuming and this is obviously – that's four games you've played against one seeds, and all of them highly competitive. Um, I think a lot of people that are picking Memphis are either looking at that or just, you know, simply just watched, obviously, the the, the last Houston game on national TV, watched – the, you know, the conference championship game, and we're saying, well, sh- shoot, like, this is a team that could, you know, if they could do that, you know, and, you know, I, I, the thing about Purdue is that, like, they w- just won the Big Ten championship. So I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to ex- act like they're, you know, a slappy team, but the guard play is shaky. Um, and teams that win the Big Ten tournament don't tend to play as well in the NCAA tournament. And we I just know, it's a very weird struggles. thing. It's a hard gauntlet, man, to go through. Uh, yeah, every, that, I mean, you know, yeah, those games are football games, and playing four or five of them in a yeah. four day span is not necessarily ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, so you know, I, I, I mean, I think, it, you know, I, I mean, I have Memphis winning. That's this pure homer pick. I, I, you know, like I, I feel better about Memphis this time around than I did against Gonzaga last year. And I felt good about that game. And that game I mean, because Gonzaga would would uh, would dog walk Purdue if they played on the same. Yeah, field. exactly. Gonzaga was a better team, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. they had. I, 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 I feel a lot better about playing <laughs> this Purdue team over that Gonzaga yeah. team last year as well. Like, like, like that Gonzaga team had good guard play. You know, yeah, that, like, that team had other. that that team had had Jims and Joes. And, and, yeah, they had NBA point well. guard, yeah. two NBA bigs. You know, NBA, NBA you know, wing, was, yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, it was, just, it was a great team. You know, um, the thing about that bracket though, the East is that it's wide open after that. Like, if you if you do, I mean, if you're able to get past Memphis, then you know, I mean, all these teams like Memphis is the eight. So, like, obviously, like you'd have to beat Duke, you'd have to beat a Marquette or Kansas State potentially, but but like Purdue can beat all of these teams. And I think that that's the sentiment, obviously, when you get to when you start talking about one seeds, so they could beat anybody. So none of them should feel that bad about their draw. Yeah, I feel like so. 
I think I agree that the team with the least to worry about, and they all got something to worry about, obviously, but teams I think has the best chance of get, getting through to the Final Four is Alabama. One, I think they are the most talented teams. So that gives you a lot. But um, also, I, I, I'm not as concerned about the first half of that bracket. Actually, to be honest, I'm actually a little worried about the West Virginia game that I'm even like a Virginia or San Diego State matchup. I also don't think those matchups are going to happen, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so... Um, so I think, you know, West Virginia, we know Bob Huggins, uh, his teams play hard, they're physical, they're not afraid of anybody. So I think that they will bring the fight to a team like Alabama. I, I actually think that will be a good game, though. I think Alabama gets through. And uh, when I get to the second half, I think a lot of it depends on if Arizona gets through. Um, I think Arizona presents challenges on the front court that I think could make a tough matchup for Alabama because Alabama is so athletic and so physical in the front court. And if they can get there... When you got uh, uh, Tubilis and you got Ballo, like, I mean, that's real NBA size you got in your front court and not the kind of size that most college teams have. And Tommy Lloyd runs a great offensive system. It's run by Kirk Creasa, who I told you all, I told you in our tournament last year, I thought that them him not being right, like, crushed him. I know we kind of went back and forth. We thought it was a big deal. I said I thought it was a, I thought it was a huge deal. I think it, it was. I think that's why we saw him get bounced early. Having them back will definitely be uh, important. I just think that they have a tough end on their side of the bracket. Like, I, I think that um, Missouri could be a tough second-round matchup. I think that uh, Baylor or Creighton could be a really tough matchup for Arizona. So uh, that's why I feel like the team that I think worries me the most about Alabama would be Arizona. But I just don't think that Arizona – I don't know. I don't, I don't think Arizona's going to get there. I, I have them falling uh, just a little bit short. And then for me – so you say Purdue – and I get it. I mean, Duke is on that top end of the bracket. I'm not as concerned about. I, I think Memphis would give Purdue a real game. I agree with that. I think they met Purdue win, but I think it would be uh, that one eight game always scares me. It's maybe like you you have it from the Memphis side of being the team that's the eight seed that a lot of people don't want to play in a lot of years. I'm from the Gonzaga side of being a one seed and feeling like that eight seed. Being a, usually a power five team, a team a team with the caliber of talent that you know Gonzaga hasn't seen in a long time, um, and sometimes teams that are really talented that maybe just underachieved that in one game could maybe uh, show up and show out. So like I, I don't really I kind of I I never overlooked that one eight game as a uh, as a fan. I've gotten burned by it by Gonzaga losing to Wichita State one year. So um, I, I kind of still think that Houston uh, might be the team that has the, the toughest path. Because I hate the Iowa matchup, and even they get through that, I think Indiana would give them a world of problems if they played against Indiana. Because I think what makes Houston tough is how they, they just, like, heat you up defensively. And they take away everything, and they swallow you up. And I think that Indiana having a real floor general, albeit a, a younger player and Jalen hood who's only a freshman, them having a real, uh, t- uh, you know, floor general guy who can make sure they don't turn the ball over, that they get good shots, I think would would be great for them. Now, in the end, his defense isn't that great. They don't really turn teams over. Um, so that's a little alarming, but they can protect the plane, and, and, and they're great at, at, uh, at, um, at they're one of the best shot blocking teams at all college basketball. Uh, so if they could do that at least and take all take away easy baskets for Houston, I think that that could be a tough matchup. And I think that you're talking about two seeds. I I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see Texas, man. Like I think if Houston sees Texas, um, they can 
I, I think they're getting washed. I really do. And I love, I got so much respect for Calvin Sampson, so much respect for that program. But I think Texas is another beast. I think that they had the, the whole ordeal that happened with um, with uh, uh, their coach. Now that, coach. Oh, yeah, old Mrs. now, uh, new coach. But, like, um, Chris Beard. I don't know why I can remember his name. But, like, <laughs> I, just, this, I just didn't want to say his name. I know. I feel you. But, like, yeah, they had a whole deal with Chris Beard. And it seemed like they, like, really had to find themselves midseason. And I think they kind of, like, fell off the map for a lot of people. But I still look at their roster and look at their talent and say, I think that's the most talented team in college basketball. So um, I think that Houston probably has the toughest road. But I, I, I kind of agree. I don't think any of these teams really have super easy roads. I, I would say Alabama, I think, has a fairly easy road. Um, I think Kansas has a tricky one. Like, I don't love that Kansas makes the Arkansas in the second round or Connecticut in the Sweet 16. Um, I think they kind of got lucky with UCLA having the injury. But if they miss out on UCLA, they may get Gonzaga. I don't think they, I don't think they necessarily want to see Gonzaga. Yeah. I I think that TCU could be a team that gets through to the Elite Eight and would not be a match with Kansas wants to see. Uh, that's a team that they've played in conference. So uh, I, a lot of interesting things with these one seeds. But I think that um, I don't think I think Alabama has an easier road. I'm not sure about those other three teams, but I have to pick one that I would say I, I think that they're going to have a tough time. I'd say Houston. And it pains me because I really do like the Houston program. What do you think is the toughest region of these regions overall? Oh, man. Toughest region. I'll. To me, I think the toughest region. To me, I think I, I, I said it. I think the South region is tough. I also think that, but I, you know, I talked about the South region. Um, you know, I, I think that that bottom half, especially. Uh, I think, you know, I think we have three teams that could uh, get to the final four. Those three uh, teams maybe, being Creighton, Baylor, and Arizona? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think those three teams that can get to Monday night, you know, and that might be a little I much thing for Creighton. But if they just get hot, you know, going to run, like, they're well coached. You know, they've got a guy in Baylor Shireman that could really light it up. Um, Creighton just feels like – Creighton feels like one of the best six seeds I've ever seen. I mean, they were preseason top ten. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, played well initially to start the season and then just somehow just lost, like, seven games in a row. Randomly. Yeah. And – uh, to the point where them being a six seed is almost incredible. Yeah, the fact I know. Yeah, how bad they were. They didn't not look like a tournament team towards the end of non conference. Yeah, it was like wow, this is gonna be this is an NIT team at best. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and they they completely turned it around. And again, shout out to to Greg McDermott for the job he did there. But um, that I mean that six that potential six three and, and all be you know with that being said, NC State is a is a good team with good guards that could also. That could be great. You know, that's the thing about being a yeah. seed is that, you know, Creighton's proven, like, they lost to Arkansas. Like, you know, Arkansas, you know, didn't even have Nick Smith at the time. Like, um, you know, I think Baylor, Baylor Creighton as a potential 6-3 is a, is a, is a great matchup. But, that is a great second-round um, matchup. But I agree. I think that, that that Midwest region, there's a lot of parity there, man. I agree. I don't I, – I mean, I don't have Houston getting to the Sweet 16 – so wow. I, I I agree with you. Um, so the Iowa matchup is the one you're worried about. The Iowa matchup is the one I'm worried about. Okay. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Iowa. I think they are in too. part because I think people overrate a little bit the Birmingham playing Auburn playing in the home state. I, I think that that ma- that's I mean it's, it's a hell of a disadvantage. But um, but I think Auburn, I think Iowa's a better team than Auburn. I think so. Too. Um, 
And sometimes they, they strike me kind of like Iowa football in a lot of ways. Like, they strike me as the kind of team that when you don't make them a two seed, I think they'll play better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> they also strike me as the kind of team that playing in a pseudo road game won't bother them. Right. You know, like some teams, like some teams, like if this were a younger team, a team that hasn't, you know, been highly ranked, been on the big stage, like maybe I feel a little more concerned about them having to go into that kind of environment. But like, I mean, first of all, they played in the Big Ten, a tough conference, albeit we talked about the Big Ten and their struggles in the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, a lot of these guys played, uh, you know, last season in a high-pressure tournament situation. They didn't do well. But, I mean, they, they've been in this environment before, and they've been in tough road games in the Big Ten. Like, I just don't think that it's going to be a factor for this team. Not, not again, not – this is a team that was a younger team. Again, a team that didn't have much experience. I get it. But they have so many seniors, so many veterans on this team. I, I think that if there was any team I would pick – have to play in that kind of game that's not obviously a two seed i think iowa would be fine yeah yeah i i i agree with that um but i think from top to bottom you know i think uh indiana's tough i think iowa state we saw them going to run last year some similar personnel uh i think xavier is going to be really really interesting to, to, to track um Penn State's got some of the DNA of a team that could go on a run, um, although them getting all the way to the Big Ten Championship game does scare me because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, play, having to play like three or four days in a row. Um, and you mentioned Texas has a really, really hot team right now uh, with a lot of talent. Another team, you know, this is, a, this is a weird year where if I pulled up the preseason top 10, AP top 10, you're not going to find a lot of teams that are on the one, two, three line. You know, find some teams that are like a Creighton that's a six and Arkansas that's an eight and North Carolina's not even in the tournament. But like, yeah, when that happens, you know, like a team like Creighton or, you know, Texas is on the two line. But like Texas was, you know, by some people, the third or fourth best team in going into the season, like they could very well go on a run, especially when the teams, uh, some of the teams ahead of them aren't even aren't even playing well. Yeah, you know, they, they might, might be the most talented team in the country at this point. So. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think that that Midwest is the toughest region. Uh, Man, I hate to say that we agree. About. Yeah, I hate to say that we agree again, but I, I think we agree again. Um, I think it's between them and the East. I, I'm not like it's an error with Purdue, but I do, and I, and I think Tennessee was overseeded at four. I don't think you can't lose your starting point guard and be the number four seed. Not a point guard that important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I. I didn't really understand that. Like Zakai Ziegler, um, he was important for them last year, important for them this year. I, I mean, we'll again we'll talk about upsets, but I'm, I'm not feeling good about Tennessee right now. So, but so Purdue and Tennessee one and four kind of reason why I didn't pick them as my toughest. But I think uh, Memphis and Florida Atlantic eight nine. That's a that's a bear in the eight nine game. Purdue well, it's a great game. Yeah, Purdue and Oral Roberts. I mean. If Oral Roberts was playing maybe any of the five seed, I think I'd pick them to win. Like, Oral Roberts is uh, a very good basketball team. They they dominated much of their uh, season this year. Of course, they have Max Aismas, who um, a lot of people will be very familiar with through uh, his run a couple of years ago, leading uh, Oral Roberts in some big upsets. But not only do they not have Aismas, they got 
Um, they got they got they got a guy who's what is he seven four seven five seven four Kevin Connor Vanover man yeah Connor Vanover man this guy is seven foot five and he shoots threes power five guy yeah Memphis actually he was committed to Memphis when Toby Smith was there but then wound up at Cal randomly and then ended up at Arkansas so this is his third program this played guy, two that, different power five program yeah he was at he was at Cal he was at Arkansas this guy bounced around and so this is not your typical random. Golly, this guy can actually play a little bit. And, so it's, uh, the, it's actually the only guy in the country that, you know, if they play Purdue in the Sweet 16, it'll, it'll be looking down. I know. Like they, yeah, yeah. They they actually have somebody <laughs> or maybe even on a one-on-one deal. So um, so they got one of the littlest guys in college basketball in terms of dominant players in Max Asians and then one of the biggest guys in college basketball. So uh, that's a very interesting matchup in 5-12. So... You got those teams. Uh, you still got Kentucky lurking. I don't think Kentucky is necessarily dead when it comes to whether or not they could make a run here in this uh, in this uh, in this tournament. I'm not saying they're a championship team by any means, but can they get to that uh, that that elite eight and get themselves one cha- one game uh, a chance to get to that final four? And I mean, and I tell you what, Kansas State and Marquette, I think are Marquette. I think is actually people are learning about Marquette, and I was telling you how much I like Marquette a couple of weeks ago when we were just talking. Um, but Kansas State, I think, is also extremely underrated. Um, shout out to uh, Keontae Johnson, who had the terrible incident where he, you know, collapsed in the game against Florida State and was essentially, you know, a non-player for Florida in the last year. He's come back this season. He's had a phenomenal season. He was named, uh, I think, he was named a second team All American, third team. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but I know he was second or third AT- AP All American. Phenomenal season. A K-State team that was finished, picked to finish, I think, last in the Big 12 this year. Ended up um, finishing third. They were 23-9. and nine, And a lot of it was, was his play. But they got they, they remind me a lot of those Frank Martin era, you know, K-State teams. The tough, physical, um, guys who, uh, uh, you know, just bucket getters like a Marquise Noel. Like, uh, and you know, they've always recruited well when they've gotten guys from the East Coast, guys from New York City. So I, I, I really like K-State. So, I mean, that's a tough region. But I think when I look at that Midwest, and I, again, I respect the Houston program. And this is, I don't think that they're a bad one seed at all. But I look at who else is in their bracket. I mentioned Iowa. I think Miami-Indiana is probably the 4-5 match I'm mo- I think is most likely to happen in the fourth, in these situations. Because I know people love to take the 13. They love to take the uh, the twelve. If there's a four or five matches that will happen, I think it's Miami, Indiana. And then the rest of this bracket, I mean, you got lucky with Iowa State. I think they're kind of on the downside here, but Pitt looks really good. They just destroyed Nevada earlier uh, this evening. Xavier, you got Texas, who I told you how much I like. Um, I think Texas A&M is a strong team. I think Penn State is a strong team. Like, that is a bracket I wouldn't want to be a part of if I was a onesie. If, like, if this was Gonzaga from last season, that's not the bracket I'd want to be in. So that's an interesting question you posed. So you said that you think that Miami and Indiana is the most likely five twelve game. Five four, five four second round second matchup. Round match yeah. That we see. Yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close to me. The one the only one that I have is Duke, Tennessee. Which some so people you, think is unlikely. Yeah, I think that I I don't want to say it's unlikely. Because we'll get to upsets soon, but like 
it's based on how you feel about Tennessee, I feel like. Right. I mean, right. I don't know. I mean, maybe people are taking – I see a lot of people taking two people to the Final Four. So I don't know if, like, people are really – I think people are aware of Oral Roberts, but they're not yeah, taking Oral Roberts. I, there's, like, there's, there's two extremes. There's people that think Oral Roberts is really good and will just pick them because of that. And then there's the other people that think Duke's really good, in part because they're Duke. But, like, I've seen both. I've, I, you know, Duke's one of those teams, like, I don't see anybody having Tennessee beat Duke. You know what I mean? Yeah, so anybody yeah. that thinks that Duke is bad thinks they're going to lose. Yeah, that. right. That's actually a good point. <laughs> I, I agree with that. And that's funny you Which mentioned is- that because when I look at the, my five fours, I have two. But it obviously is not it's not Duke, Tennessee. And it's also not San Diego State, Virginia. So I do have Miami, Indiana, but I also have St. Mary's in Connecticut. But that one, I, I don't feel good about those games at all, by the way. I don't feel Even good about I, either one of those I games. don't feel good about either of those games. I think Iona um, got a real great draw playing in Albany. I think Iona, in some ways, I think that their this year's Iona team, because they've had various teams in recent years, I feel like this year's team under Rick Pitino is probably the one that I think is most likely to like pull off this kind of upset, at least in this matchup, because this team like actually has like real size, and that to me is always. I think if you're picking like an upset, I always feel like like if you're picking a team that has like a six five center, like I just I just don't know what to tell you. Like I just think those teams never win. <laughs> you know, what I'm like usually when you see these teams, like, oh, how they, every team once you look at, it, it's like oh well, they might not have a lot, but they had two six nine guys. Like they had one seven footer and two six eight guys. And it's like hey, like they didn't they didn't they didn't just get annihilated on the front line. You know, like I remember that Gonzaga game they played last year in the one sixteen game, and like I forgot who they played. They played some team that actually fought them pretty hard for a half. But it was just like uh, Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia State, who has a a very respectable program. And a lot of people were saying, hey, this is actually a little bit of an interesting 16 seed here. And Mark Few kept saying, I want to tell you guys, this is not a normal 16 seed. And, like, I mean, their guards were kind of nice. But it was just like, yo, like, they just kept throwing the ball down low to Timmy and Chet. And it was like they were playing, like, a, you know, like like a CYO team. Like, so, like, this, and and I I own her in previous years. They often, like, they had really good guard play because you could find a guard in New York. You know, on any street corner, but like typically they they're very small, so they've never really ever made those big upsets. This year's team is not that team. Nelly uh, Junior Joseph is one of the best big men in mid major basketball. Um, he had a phenomenal season this year. He'll probably have the matchup against Sonogo. Um, they got Osborne and Sherma. Like he was seven foot one. This is not your typical. Oh, we're a team that has you know. Uh, a bunch of guys that you know actually don't uh, you know don't have the size to match up because the team that big. So I think that they'll be fine in this matchup in that regard. It's gonna be this is really gonna be a game where like who plays better on one day. And I'm also very concerned about uh, Danny uh, Danny Hurley's teams in the tournament at UConn since he's gotten there. Just they just they don't even look like I don't like the way they look. I don't like their demeanor. I don't like anything about how they've looked in the games that he's coached them in the NCAA tournament. And I actually really love. Danny Hurley as a head coach. I don't know if he's got them too wound up. He's a very emotional guy. Maybe he needs them to relax a little bit, but we've seen them get two bites at the apples since he got there. Their their matchups and their appearances in the tournament have just not been impressive. So I'm not I don't love that game. I damn sure don't love the St. Mary's uh matchup either with VCU. That's I think that's a, almost like a pick 'em. I, I to me I, I went with St. Mary's because I feel like that's gonna game. That's the game that comes down to which team can impose their will more on the on the pace of the game. 
And I think the reason why I felt comfortable enough to take St. Mary's is I think that they have, they have played teams the caliber of VCU before, and they've typically destroyed them. Yes. The only teams that they, only teams that they lost this year were teams that had like top end talent. So I think a lot of people will be ready to pick against St. Mary's this year, and they they you know they had two pretty ugly losses to Gonzaga late in the season after beating them early in the year. And gaming, by the way, that I don't think they should have won that game. Like they they really were getting beat in that game. And then um, uh, Aiden Mahaney had an insane second half, and he's going to be perhaps one of the more fun players to watch this season. But they they the teams with these VCU type talent they've typically demolished. So I'm just holding firm that they'll do that again. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, the thing about St. Mary's, man, is I think I think a lot of people are. And look, oh disclaimer, I've got them losing to VCU. That's they're the okay. not Iona, but but I do think I, I think they're a team that could people are probably sleeping on probably a little too much because just they always get bounced in the first or second round. It feels like. Um, and like people say that, but I don't know if that's is that actually true. Like I don't know if that really is. Like when was the last time they 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 made a run. I mean, it's gotten to the, to the second weekend before, I believe. Yeah, but they like, they've been to the Sweet Sixteen before. But last yeah. year they last year they made it past the first round. Uh, everybody kept remember everybody kept saying they were going to lose to Indiana and they beat Indiana. Yeah, they, by, they won that. Yeah. They beat them by thirty. Yeah, the cheerleader game. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they right. Lost yeah, to UCLA, right. Yeah, they lost to uh, well, so they lost to Villanova in 2019. Um, close game, but they lost. But they they beat. Uh, ironically, I actually forgot these two teams played in 2017. I actually forgot this was a 7-10 matchup. I thought this matchup looked weird, like I've seen it before. Um, but I just didn't think it. But it actually did happen. 2017, they beat VCU, lost to Arizona in the second round. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, you're right. Like, I don't like you're definitely right that that is that narrative that they don't like perform well in the tournament, but. You know, twenty thirteen weekend. Twenty thirteen, they, they, yeah, twenty thirteen, they won their first game. They, they typically a second round exit. Like they typically win that first right. game. Right. So, I think because maybe people hear about St. Mary's, they connected with Gonzaga, who have gone on long run, to think that oh, well, they're the team from that conference that actually doesn't go to the final four or do anything. And it's like that's true, they don't, but they they usually, they usually do at least get to the second round of the tournament. So, um, that was another reason why I felt comfortable saying I think. Randy Bennett will have his team ready for this one game. I don't know what they're going to do after that, but this one game, I think that they'll be okay. Yeah, the um, I don't know. To me, I think the other one that's uh, that 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 could be a little dicey. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you know, obviously, we talked about we talked we talked about Duke, um, you know, and and they're they're really. They're really good basketball team, but I have but the one that 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 I also picked as an upset is I think Miami goes down to Drake. Um, I know you've been I know you're very high on Drake. Very high on this Drake basketball team, man. And you know, uh, Miami is playing without potentially playing without their yeah uh, starting big man, uh, and you know, is one of the best rebounders in the country in Norchan. Yeah. Um Drake is a is a veteran team. Uh their star player, Tucker DeVries, is not is only a sophomore. Average twenty one points a game, I believe. Um son of the son of the head coach, Darian DeVries. Um I think that this is a Drake team that 
it might smell blood in the water. You know, this is you know Miami didn't didn't look great in the ACC tournament uh, without Norchan. Um, I don't think that they get past Indiana. Uh, I think they could. Um, I think that'll be close. I think Kent State could also beat Indiana. Uh, I think that that one is also up in the air. Um, the problem is just I think Indiana's good. You know, and that's what Indiana's I think too. good. Yeah. I think Indiana's better than Miami. You know, when Miami's healthy, I think they could go on a run. But you know, if you're telling me that they're they're limping into the tournament, which, which like you said, at the open, um, that you know injuries are going to play a factor in this. You know, we talked about Houston. Like, what is what do they look like with Marcus without Marcus Sasser potentially, or with a banged up Marcus Sasser? They didn't look like they didn't look like they didn't look great in the ACC tournament uh, championship game. Tell you that much. Yeah. I think the thing that holds me from, like, really being concerned about Miami um, is I always I always give teams a fighting chance who can shoot the three ball the way Miami can. And the fact that they got Nigel Pack still, the fact that they still got Wong, the fact that they still got Jordan Miller, they're not going to have the size inside, potentially, and that, that is a problem. But... I don't know. I don't think they're going to get outshot in a game against a team like Drake. And typically, like, when a big guy goes down, it should even the playing field. But I just think, like, their guards and their wings are, like, more than capable of stepping up in a game, in a one-game situation where your season and your career is on the line. You, talk about, you don't want to talk about experienced teams. Miami's got 50-year and 6-year seniors playing on their team. They got old guys playing on their team. So, and Jim Laranega is like, like this guy knows how to win in March. Like he's one of the best coaches probably around that hasn't won a national championship. So I feel yeah. extremely comfortable with him trying to maneuver around an injury or two, even against against a team uh, that's certainly capable like Drake. I, I watched some of that Missouri Valley tournament game, and sometimes the tournament championship games especially for the small conference, it could be a little bit like a precursor of what you'll see in these, you know, games when they play um, like a week or so later. Drake is a good offensive team, but they were terrible offensively to start that game. And I, like to me, like if they started that game like that against Miami, they would be down, you know, 25 to 8. Like like they can't start like that. Uh, and now, you know, the Missouri Valley is like a mini Big Ten, so sometimes those games kind of just become like that. But for a team that uh, in Drake, that actually kind of does predicate itself on being like a high-end offensive team, I was like, this is a team that's supposed to be like a, a real dangerous team in terms of offense. Like, I, I didn't really see it in that game. Now, they're also an excellent defensive team, so that helps you, which is why they're uh, a lot of pick for a lot of people. I think that will be a good game. But, yeah, that was how I saw it when I looked at the – Four or five matchups. Let's talk about these. Uh, let's talk about these Cinderellas. These potential double-digit seeds. Um, for me, I'm gonna ask like, what what do you feel like is the the, the biggest the double-digit seed with the biggest chance to make uh the biggest run in the NCAA tournament? I think it's the team that a lot of people are taking, but I think that it's the right pick. So I'm not afraid to just parrot that. But I, I have Charleston. Um, I think Charleston beats San Diego State in this first game. I do get a little concerned about the underdog that kind of becomes a runaway favorite, to quote Skip Bayless, who says that. One of the things that he says I actually think is really smart. Because um, it, it just provides a certain level of, like, 
will show them attitude to the team that's being disrespected. And San Diego State, you want to talk about a team that feels like they never get through? Like, San Diego State feels like they never make a run into the NCAA tournament despite um, some very, very impressive uh, regular season, um, you know, regular season runs that they've had out there in the Mountain West. Mountain West is a conference that simply just doesn't perform well in these uh, in these in these tournaments, and you know me, Kendall. I like I love defense. I love teams that can lock you up, but I'm just always scared to death of taking those teams who uh, you can feel like you, you feel like they're not going to run away from you. Like if you're going to be a team that's going to like if you're going to be a team that's going to be non-upset proof like i feel like you gotta be a team that has like a certain a certain gear that that like mid-major no matter how good they're shooting no matter how good they're playing they're just not gonna be able to get to your like b game or b plus game and i just feel like if san diego state plays a b plus game i think that they probably get smoked like i mean i don't know like i don't know am i off on that like I, i think that this is a very favorable matchup for charleston charleston is one of the best offensive teams in all college basketball they have uh, I believe what, five guys, six guys in double digits this year, almost six guys averaging double figures this year. They spread the ball around. They um, are extremely efficient. And, and they're, too, uh, not necessarily a slouch defensively. So I really like the chances for uh, them in this game. But how do you feel about uh, the double digit seeds? I think Charleston, and the reason why I had them as my team overall as well, is I don't feel great about Virginia. So if you're talking about Charleston playing Furman, which I have in my bracket, I think that first of all, I think that'd be a great game. Those are two two high powered offensive teams. Um, but I think Charleston's now playing a very comfortable game because the team that plays a similar style, a team with probably similar talent. And even if they do get Virginia, I think you get back into the same game where like, okay, you're playing San Diego State and now you're playing basically San Diego State East, or you play Virginia West and then you play the actual real Virginia. In the next game, I think that they don't really have to. There won't be much difference in the preparation for these teams. I think that they're in really good shape to maybe get to the Super 16. Now, Alabama's staring at them, so he's saying, "Find me a team that can get to the Elite Eight. I don't know if I don't know if there is one this year for the double digit seed. I but I wouldn't pick them. But I think if you're talking about a team most likely to get to the Sweet 16 at least. I, I have uh, I, that's where I have Charleston. So, um, which double digit seed would you say is the team most likely to take, make uh, the biggest run? Man, um, so obviously I talked about Drake. I think them in Indiana is, is a potential toss-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a surprising one, but I, right now I've got Penn State. Okay. Uh, in 2016, get beaten past Texas. Um, I think that's going out on a limb a little wow, bit. Wow, that's a big, that is a big upset. Um, I think... I think and, for, for ref, and for reference, Kendall... People who had this matchup, according uh, on the Yahoo brackets, pick them. Uh, the Yahoo pick them brackets, ninety-one percent pick Texas to win that matchup. Like I've seen four thirteen matchups that didn't have a ninety-one percent, eight percent difference, but that's what the difference is. So that is a big upset. So definitely continue on your Penn State deal. But I don't, I don't, I, 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 I think it's wild, but. I really like Penn State, so I'm very curious why you uh, feel this way. No, I mean, I, to me, I think it's, it's the coaching. You know, I think Michael yeah. Shrewsbury uh, is the kind of coach that could that could go on a run. Uh, and I mean, we saw it last year with Shaheen Holloway. Sometimes you have a really a coach that's just really hot, you know, and is <laughs> the team is is getting behind that guy, 
uh, we could you could see that. I think if you're talking about a coach coaches this year that could be that Shaheen Holloway type figure, I think you're looking at him. I think you're looking at Patino. Yeah, uh, the guys who could you could you know obviously the players are the ones making the plays, but um, that could that and could, it's very interesting. Those are two totally different kind of figures. Like Patino, a guy who's won a national championship before, um, a guy who's yeah. coached forever, and uh, Shrewsbury. I know you're very familiar with him. For the Boston Celtics uh, time, this is a guy. Who, this is this is his first run as a head coach. Only his second season at Penn State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two totally different figures. Um, yeah, I think, uh, and it's just, you know, it's just matchups sometimes. Like, I mean, we saw it. Like Gene Holloway coached. Just, just ran circles around Kyle Perry. You know, I yeah, think Ed Cooley is going to run circles around Kyle Perry to be frank. Uh, I know Kentucky fans don't want to hear that, but um, and and if he and if he doesn't, then I think Jerome Tang might, you know. But but I think that uh, when you're talking about those types of double digit seeds that could go on that could go on runs, uh, I think that that's something that I definitely look for um, when it comes to Iona. I mean, Iona if they if they do run into if they were able to get by. UConn, then the five twelve is juicy for a team like Iowa. It's kind of like last year when St. Peter's beat Kentucky, and then the seven ten was Murray State and San Francisco ended up being Murray State. It was like, well, this isn't a normal seven seed, you know? Yeah, it's a good program, but not, 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 you know, it's a mid major, you know? Yeah. So you know, we got similar profiles, talent. Um, so that's that. That's the thing about. If if Iona were to somehow get past uh, UConn, is if they've got to play St. Mary's, I mean, I, they they you know would not be favored at all. Um, but I think they'd welcome that matchup far more than if they had to play Duke. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think there's not one 12-13 seed that wants to see Duke in a first or second round matchup. Definitely seeing them in the five line had to be concerning for a lot of teams. The Penn State thing is very interesting to me because they are. I, I love Texas's route to the Final Four, potentially. But that Penn State team is interesting to me because Shrewsbury has really... What I love about what I see from Shrewsbury is sometimes it really works in... in well, I think in both college football and college basketball, hiring professional guys who coach in the NBA or coach in the NFL can be very hit or miss. Sometimes there are great returns. Sometimes there are miserable returns. A lot of it, I think, depends on... like is that coach, like, really committed to, like, one, the recruiting, and two, like, actually teaching the kids, knowing that they're kids. Um, sometimes I think coaches get burned out or uh, impatient very quickly if you coach on a professional level. That is not Michael Shrewsbury. Um, Shrewsbury has taken the NBA game and essentially brought it to Happy Valley. Penn State is third in, uh, or excuse me, sixth in, in all of college basketball in three-pointers made per game. That thirteenth and three pointers attempted, and it's a basic thing in college basketball, but it's simple. I mean, excuse me, in the NBA, but it's simple. The idea that it's just a numbers game. Like if you get a certain amount of number threes up, shots that are just that cost more, that are valued at more than other shots, and if you shoot them at a decent clip, which Penn State is thirteenth in the country in three point percentage, you'll win a lot of games. And this is a Penn State team that won only fourteen games last year. But in the second uh, year of running uh, this NBA-style system, they're uh, in the NCAA tournament. They just went on a great run in the Big Ten tournament, almost won it all. Like, 
those guys, like, coaches win you games in March, man. Like, players, of course, win you games, too. But, like, I, that's why I love March Madness, too, because you really see, like, who are the coaches that can think on their feet? Who are the coaches that can adjust on the fly? Who are the coaches that can prepare for a certain team in a very short amount of time? Sometimes you win a game in the first round, now you got a second-round game where you only got one day to prepare. Like, it, it really tests multiple um, mechanisms of your program. And I'm very fascinated to see how Shrewsbury does in his first year because I really like the returns I got from the regular season. The returns you got in the Big Ten tournament were masterful. This is a guy who has, was probably tasked very often in Celtic playoff runs to prepare for the next game three or game four and to see those adjustments. I think that you saw that as a strength in, the, in, the, in, that, in that tournament they just had. Like I said, Penn yeah. State could shoot the three and ball. And Butler, you know. You yes, and Butler. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. And they got a guard in Jalen Pinkett who he – you need an irrational confidence guy too. Like you need a guy 100%. who feels like I'm the best player on the court regardless of who's out there. And Pinkett's had a 40-burger in the season. He's had games in the, in the, in the upper 30s. And he had a big game against Indiana in a, in a marquee matchup against Jalen Hushafino and had 28 in the uh, conference semifinal game. Uh, that kid's a stud. So, you got that kind of guard. I love Marcus Carl. I love Tyrese Hunter. I just was talking to Tommy Beer on the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast, the Odyssey Knicks podcast that I host, talking about how much of my love for Texas is their guards. Um, But I, I would go into in the back alley with Jalen Pickett any day of the week against anybody. So, and that's even including those guys. So, if they get Texas, that would be a hell of a matchup. A hell of a matchup. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, and it, that could go either way. I mean, I would Texas is obviously favored. I just think it could be closer than people expect. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I to me, I don't like. There's always going to be a team. There's always going to be a team. Um, if we're going like real crazy, like, uh, you know, St. Peter's 2.0. I mean, I think the teams that I I I pay attention to, uh, I pay attention to to what Vermont does to Marquette. Um, we'll see how that game plays out. I think Marquette's a, they're they're hot, but Vermont's a, it's a good program, man. It's a good program. Not not same thing with Colgate and Texas. Uh, Texas is hot as well. Tough matchup, but Colgate's a very good program. Um, very well coached. Uh. EJ's not, you're not gonna like this one, but I think Grand Canyon on the Zago. I know you. I know you're gonna go there. <laughs> is one to pay attention to. I, I'm not saying Grand Canyon's gonna win. Wouldn't put any money on it, but um, but I think that Bryce Drew uh, has done an excellent job there. Um, yeah, I tell you what, the team that and you didn't mention though, but the team that I would say if you're gonna get crazy and pick a team, really lower seed that that can go far, maybe win one or two games. I think Kennesaw State. I think that of the three seeds, th- I think Xavier is definitely the one I feel most comfortable picking against. Um, they, they're coached by Amir Abdul-Rahim, who is uh, the brother of Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Yeah. Um, and he has turned that program around quickly. I mean, this is a program that just in 2020 was 1-28. 1-28. <laughs> 
Literally the worst Division One program, probably. I mean, I can't imagine what other program could have been worse that season. They then won five games to follow that up. So it wasn't like they, they, they went straight to the moon and were winning games. A five wins, 13, and now this year, 16 wins. Uh, excuse me, 20, 20, 26 wins uh, this season. 26 and 8 on the season. Uh, I, talk, I saw him talking about um, uh, Chris Youngblood, uh, their leading scorer, their top guard. Um, this guy is a great rebounder. This guy also shoots the three ball at, at a really high clip on a really high value. He shot 41% from three on almost six attempts per game. Uh, Kansas State, I think, will be the team. I don't think anybody's picking them. I, don't think any, I think a lot of people don't even know that as a school. But um, just – and I've not watched them play. I watched a little bit of their conference championship game. But um, but I, I just doing more research on them over the past few days – I looked at the team. I'm like, this is this is an interesting team here. Like they they shoot a pretty high percentage. Like like they don't they're not they're they're a pretty good efficiency team. Um, again, I'm always looking at how do you shoot the three ball. They shoot it really well. Uh, particularly their best player who gets up a lot of them. Uh, I I think that they will be a team that I'd be concerned about. Now the one thing the caveat I always say, and it's the reason why I, I did not pick them in this game, is what is your size? I mean they don't. They play a bunch of six eight, six four, six five guys. Like that's that's why, like I think that they're a fourteen seed, quite frankly. I think that in many ways, had they had some more size, maybe they could have got a little bit of a higher seed. But um, but they do have star power. Um, so so there is that. You know, they got uh, him and Terrell Burden as well. Terrell Burden, who's their their point guard, uh, is only five ten. But uh, another guy who um, you know, shoots only fifty percent from the field. Not necessarily a three point shooter. But uh, uh, a, a really solid point guard. So that would be the team I would say I would be most interested in of those, like, really low-end seeds. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that um, it's tough. I think I think Xavier could go really far. Um, I think Xavier is underrated. 14. Yeah, it's – I mean – and like I mean I say you know I'm not yeah I I think the three seeds are really good this year like I really like I like it's not like I'm I don't feel, I don't mean to even pick on Xavier per se but like do I think they're better than Gonzaga they played on neutral side Gonzaga won so no do I think they're better than K State I really like K State as a team so no um and Baylor I do like I didn't get to watch Baylor in the, in the Big Twelve tournament like is Keontae George good like like I know he had the ankle injury like is he I think he's supposed to play. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know he's supposed to play. Is he healthy now? Like, is they are saying? Oh. Like, I know, like, there's an idea, like, how how 100 percent are these guys? But you know, he did sprain his ankle. Yeah, I was saying, I was um, like, I don't, I don't think Kendrick Davis is healthy, man. I watched that guy play. He's he's always banged up. But <laughs> right, yeah, you're, no. you're out there. You're, you're if you're playing, you're you're healthy. I'm just wondering because like because you know a sprained ankle could could put you out eat a lot longer than. You you think you are, and maybe if you get back oh, out there exactly. and play, you're not the same. And um, they had one conference tournament game. He shot uh, three for ten, and that was really like the last we really saw of him. He he came back against Iowa State in the finale of their season, shot three for ten, and that was the end of that. So like I didn't get to actually watch those games. I don't know how he looked, but like he had two games against Iowa State. He shot a combined six for twenty. Um, like, I mean, to me, if he's not 100, percent like, I like, I do not feel great about Baylor. Like that, that is that is one team that I feel very concerned about with Keontae George and his health. You know, so that's just something I think that's that's going to be important to watch. So I don't mean to pick on Xavier. I think that these are all really good teams. Um, 
But if Baylor's, you know, if Baylor's not healthy, I think that they're a team that maybe. I just. Santa Barbara just been in this tournament so many times and just provided nothing. I don't know how many years it just felt like Santa Barbara was like a team that could be interesting. And, like, they never, like, completely embarrassed themselves, but they never, like, compete, like, in a game where you think, oh, they actually could win this game. Like, they never. And they, they've ended up. They've turned themselves into a really good program for college basketball. Um, but it just hasn't it hasn't worked out for them in terms of winning in March. So I, I'm out on them. So I don't know. Uh, but so you got Penn State, I, which I think is a sneaky good pick. It's tough because you know you got a second round matchup because it's two C. But look, you, if you're gonna go on a deep run, you gotta be a good team at some point. So I definitely understand that. What? Give me a surprise team in each region that you think can make the final four. I don't necessarily. So I guess surprise team. I think that means. Definitely not the top two seeds. I think that in some ways of a three seed, there's some three seeds that may be a surprise. But let's take the top two seeds in each bracket out of it. Surprise teams that can make a, a final four in each region. Surprise teams that can make the final four. Um, so I think, I mean, obviously I mentioned starting the East. Like, I think Memphis can go on a run. Um, I think it'll be tough. Uh Duke would be a tough matchup. Thing that scares me about Purdue and Duke is is the size advantage that Memphis is used to having. They will not have against either one of those teams. Yeah. So, um, and he's got bigs that that'll be able to play with those guys. I mean, the same thing happened last year to a degree. This this is not the American Athletic Conference, you know. It's not the American one hundred percent. Um, you know, uh, but I think I I think that that. That Memphis is the team that can get hot uh, for sure um, in that region. Uh, in the Midwest, surprise team that could go on a run to the Final Four. I think there's a couple, man. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't bet on Iowa, but Iowa potentially. I mentioned I mean, we talked about Penn State. I got going the second weekend, um, you know. I think, and I mean, Xavier is not a, they're not, it wouldn't be a shock, but I think Xavier is a team that could also get there as a three seed. Uh, in the South, I don't think there will be any surprise in the South, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think the top three seeds, or, I mean, Creighton, I guess, would be that team. You know, I mentioned Creighton yeah. could get to the Final Four for sure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all, but for some people, it might be, that might be deemed a surprise because I think some people still view Creighton uh, as sort of a mid-major, even though they've been in the Big East for a long time. They still have, <laughs> them and Butler still haven't been able to kind of establish themselves as Big East programs, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Creighton, I guess, would be the team in that in that region. Uh, and in the West, man, that's another one where I, I don't know if I see any surprises. Uh, I guess, I mean, look, Eric Musselman's had Arkansas in the Elite Eight. It feels like every year, um, if they got there again, I can't say I'd be shocked. Uh, you know, they're an eight seed. Them beating Kansas would be that would be uh, again wouldn't be shocking, but it, it would be sort of like when North Carolina beat Baylor last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I think I think Arkansas and I think Illinois can also beat Kansas. So I think both those teams, I guess, could could make a run. Um, and I think that would, that would surprise some people, but but yeah, no, uh, th- those would be the four in each region that I would go for. 
If I went to the South, I would agree Creighton would be my team. Um, a lot of underachieving during some of this season, but I think that losing streak they had, I think, kind of mucked up how good they really are. Like, they're not a real six to me. So I'd say Creighton in the South. Um, in the East, I would say the East is tricky. I'm just not calling. Duke is not a surprise team to me, so I'm not saying Duke, even though they're five. And I think the East, they won't be one. I'll be honest. Like, I think, like, but if I had to pick one team, I... Michigan is also a self-esteem bet just because they always get there. I know. So, I know. Like Villanova but, last year. But, and they're, they're weird. Michigan State's almost like Syracuse, too, where it's just like, years, but they don't even look good. Like, they get to March and they find, That's what I'm saying. They find themselves in the Elite Eight, and you're just like, all right, well, I guess we're here. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I've, I've gotten to see a decent amount of them this year. I, I'm just not putting my eggs in the Tyson Walker, AJ Hogger basket for a team going to the Final Four. That would stun me. Like, And, like, those guys are tough. Those guys play with a lot of heart. But I don't know. I, I don't I don't necessarily love their late-game guile when it comes to, like, you know, clutch moments and things like that. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't trust those guys in those moments. So, and Joey Howes is a good player, but, you know, is he going to, you know, I don't know. I just don't see it for Michigan State this year. I don't know if they get out of the first round, to be honest. So, I mean, but honestly, I think I agree with you. I think it'd be Memphis. I mean, I, I, it felt good in the East. I really which think is it so might... tough. It's like it's like last year, not to cut you off, but it's like last yeah. year. Like the thing about Memphis is you got to get past the one seat. If you do, then it's a tough team in the bracket. Tough right. team in the region. That's why. Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. On the other side of the bracket, like, oh, maybe they get to the Elite Eight. And then who I always that? have respect for people who get eight seeds in the Final Four, eight seeds in the Elite Eight right. Because that takes so much guile. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of easy to take. It's easier to take a 10 seed or a 12 seed to go. Not, not even a 10, but definitely the 12 or 13 or 11 to go to, like, Elite Eight run than it is to take, like, a one seed. Like, what do you mean, an eight seed or nine seed? Because that, that team is facing an elite program in the second round. Where, like, those teams that, you know, 11 seed could mess around and playing a 14 seed in the second round. Like, you know, like, yeah. like you know, like, so it's totally different. So, but I, I really do honestly think that if I'm taking Duke out of the equation, I feel like Memphis will be the team. Kentucky, I don't know. Again, another team where it's just like, I feel like they kind of go through the same thing every year where non conference, they look awful. And then conference players, I think, oh, maybe this Kentucky team is interesting. And then they get to the tournament and they, they don't do anything. And, I kind of feel like this is what we're going to see this year. I will say I do love how Jacob Toppin has developed this year. We all know Sheepway is a monster on the glass, and he's going to be a problem for anybody that they face. I just, to me, like, when I'm looking at teams that are going to make a Final Four run, I got to be able to identify something they do well. Like, I don't know what what is what is what is Kentucky great at. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not even being facetious. Like, I'm asking legitimately. Yeah, yeah like, they, like, I guess rebounding? Yeah, I was going to say, they just have size and athleticism. Yeah, I mean, they're 16th in the country rebounds. So I guess maybe that. But that feels like one guy, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't look at them and say, oh, like, they're yeah. a great rebounding team. I like, say they got, they one, got one guy gets all the rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you, you got you got good athleticism on the wings. Um, Livingston, yeah. Toppin, and you know, obviously you mentioned Shibway inside. Um, you know, but... Like, but it's not, it's not a, 
Offensively, definitely not a super impressive team. They need yeah, guys. De- to, defensively, they're not anything really all that special either. Like no, no. Um, they provide like no rim protection. Like they're like they only average two blocks a game as a team. Yeah, and it's just a team that I've seen get picked off. Like we we saw it. Jerry Stackhouse coached rings around Coach Cal. Yeah, John Calipari, like Coach Cal. Like that's what happens when he runs into a guy that. Has complex schemes, yeah. You know, in big moments, he shrinks. And Cal doesn't seem to be able to like coach his guys up in those moments to be like, "This is what they're doing to you. Here's how we're gonna adjust." It just feels like when I watch him, he just kind of just yells at them. He's like, "Oh, like you're better than this team. Like play better." And it's just like, "Yo, dude, like they're actually doing something that's hurting your team. Like you have to actually like make an adjustment." Like I know you think you, I know you have a lot of talent because you actually do, but like. Just, like, saying, yo, like, just top taking jump shots or something stupid. Like, that's not going to actually win you this game. So, yeah, long story short to say, I, I just I can't really see it for Kentucky. So, yeah, I think I'd say Memphis. Um, in the Midwest, I would say, in the Midwest, I'd probably say, I guess, does Indiana count? I guess not, it's Indiana. If I'm not picking, if you're not saying Duke, I guess I can't say Indiana. Uh... I'll give you an interesting one, and I don't want. I don't. I don't. It's not prison in the moment because I had this team getting to the Sweet Sixteen. Well, I, I say team. I had this option getting to the Sweet Sixteen either way. I guess I say Pitt. Like, Ooh. I think I say Pitt. Capel is an experience. <laughs> Capel is an experience. They were bad yesterday, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was one of those games where I was like, man. They could have lost. I don't care who wins this team. I don't care who wins this game. These teams ain't doing nothing. That was, that was my interpretation. But some, you watch a game that's close, and you could have two interpretations. You could be like, these teams are either teams are both good, and you know yeah, they didn't necessarily execute. They didn't necessarily execute great down the stretch, and Cable talked about that. But those first Michigan four State games had two chances to win that game. I know. Man. I know. That was crazy. But uh, Pitt, like I'm telling um. Those first four games, man, those teams, people with dismissal teams, runs. they usually go on runs, and they usually take that first win. Usually at least one of those teams gets to the second. Season. Yeah, gets at least the first round game, yeah. you know, and a couple of them, you'll get them to the second weekend. I, I, a lot of it for me with Pitt has more to do with what they did during the season than necessarily the game, I, I, that, that game. Like, I thought Pitt should have been in. Um, it's a very veteran team, man. It's a veteran team. And, like, I think people forget that it's a veteran coach. Like, that also matters to me. I, I'm not saying Capel's won a, a bunch, but, like, this guy's coached at major programs. He's prepared for long tournament runs at Duke. Like, I just don't think that this is a guy who's going to walk in there and be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I know his team looked like that yesterday. But uh, I, I think that he's going to, like, their teams are good. They, first game, you get that out to the jitters. You win that game. You survive that game. I don't know. I, I think that this is a I, – I, I, that's not a region I love – in terms of teams that could go in a long run, that's not a top five seed. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick uh, Pitt because I like their matchup against Iowa State. And I think that a Xavier-Pitt matchup is just not a matchup that is, like, crazy. I think that they could find a way to win that game. And you just got to hope you don't see Texas to me. Like, if you Texas, then I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're that's the end of the trophy. But if you don't, then you're in the Final Four. So, like, I, I, I would go Pitt there. 
And then the West region, I will go TCU, which scares the hell out of me because, I, I mean, they're in bracket, Gonzaga's side of the bracket. But um, TCU, they don't shoot the three ball well at all. And they don't shoot the ball particularly well at all. So that's a problem. But they do have veteran guile. They do have Mike Miles, who's one of the best point guards in all college basketball. Um, could be an NBA draft pick this year. And, I mean, they played, I thought, maybe my favorite game of the college basketball season last year. That Arizona game they had against uh, an absolute classic between Arizona and TCU. Jamie Dixon, again, coaches who are experienced. He's going to have his guys uh, ready to go. They played in a really tough conference and came out on the other end of it. I think in some ways, like, they kind of got hurt by playing in that tough conference. I think they're going to see a lot of these teams and be like, this team has nothing like to be 12. And I think that second-round matchup with Zag is a great one if they see that matchup, and we'll see what happens. But I think TCU is a dangerous team. Uh, favorite first-round matchup. Not necessarily, you know, picking games, just – uh, you know, plenty of people who are listening to this pod uh, are watching these games now or are about to watch some more on Friday. Uh, favorite first-round matchup of all the matchups we have this weekend? Um, Obviously, you know, I'll just throw out, obviously, I'm very excited for Memphis. FAU. Yeah. I think that is a very good game. It is. Um, yeah, I think objectively, I agree. I think it is a good game. You know, I think people, uh, that's another one. I, I think people are... are uh, ignoring FAU a little bit, um, you know, it's it's one where I don't feel great. I, I feel good about the matchup uh, as a Memphis fan. Um, I feel good about Seth Davis uh, on the selection show being like, I can't wait for Purdue and FAU. It's gonna be a great matchup. <laughs> I thought he was very dismissive of Memphis. As much as I love, I love FAU too, and I've been talking about FAU for weeks. I was like banging the table that they better make it as an at large if they didn't that was win the odd, tournament. But yeah, he yeah he was he was he, like he, he was he, really he was really just moving from Memphis. I'm like, wow, okay. Like he did that again. He was like, I can't wait for Leon Rice and Mark Few to face each other in the second round. That's gonna be a great matchup. Also, huh? <laughs> I mean, um, shoot, I I yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arkansas Illinois will be a very fun game. You have two great college basketball coaches. Uh, or I'll say good. I won't say great. But two, two, two very good college basketball Wait, which, which match would be said? Uh, Arkansas, Illinois. Yes, um, yes. Very good game. You know, two very good programs that, you know, are kind of built similarly. You know, both been a little disappointing. Um, and in terms of, look, I mean, I, I mentioned the, the upset, potential upset specials. I mean, uh, I think Miami and Drake will be fun to watch. I think Indiana, Kent State will be fun to watch. Um, game I'm the game I'm like the game that's kind of skippable for me. Not to 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 add in a different question, but <laughs> Northwestern Boise State. Oh tell yeah, me, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just bummed. tell me who wins that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when do they play? I might take a nap during that game. Yeah, oh, it's seven thirty. Ah, oh, it's tough. It's tough. I'm time. assuming it's, it's true TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you're right. It is true TV. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a. That was not a. That was, not, that was an easy guess right there. Yeah. Your best time, like, it, see, it's gonna be interesting for me because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a shout out to, of course, WFAN. I'm hosting Friday, two a.m. to five a.m. this week. So, you know, typically I have the overnight shifts. I try to find time to nap. Now it's gonna be very difficult 
during a March Madness day. But any, if you're a veteran of March Madness, you know your time is that like if the last game of the afternoon window is a blowout, that like five thirty to seven window is like your time to take a nap. Five o'clock, seven thirty, if things go right. Like that five, that four thirty game is Arkansas Illinois, and I find it very hard to believe that that game is out of reach by halftime. That feels like a game that's going to be right down to the wire. So I don't know what. So I say that to say I don't know what the hell I'm going to do in terms of finding time to rest before my show on WFAN. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, exactly. I mean that. That I mean, I mean you, again, you never know with some of these games, but yeah, yeah that, you never know. Not, you know, Arkansas could be you blow the doors out. Blow the doors yeah. off of Illinois for all we know. But. I'll tell you what, Boise got a really nice. Uh, they got a really nice setup. Game Northwestern and Sacramento. Um, I don't love yeah. Boise because I think I'm just like off of the Mountain West in the tournament narcotic. Like I just, I love the Mountain West. <laughs> I usually vote very hard for them. Usually give them a lot of respect to my brackets, and I've been just barbecued in recent years for that. And I think I'm. Well, that's the thing. Year. Like last year, like again, Boise got a bad draw playing a Memphis team. They had a lottery pick center, you know. Yeah, they like, had no chance. Uh, you know, had was a top ten team the last two months of the season, like, and then and and Colorado State had a had a terrible draw having to play Michigan. I know again with the with the five star center and Hunter Dickinson, yeah, and a bunch of NBA players walking around like, yeah, we're not gonna. I mean, they probably still could have beat, should have beat them, but it's a tough matchup for David Roddy. You know, it's not a normal 11 seed. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like the 11 seeds this year are like NC State. You know, it's a normal a normal team. Probably. Yeah, I mean, and I think that what they can say is, hey, like this is probably the best shot they got here. You know, seven seed Northwestern. They'll take that. And Sacramento, you know, short trip there. I think if I had to pick my favorite matchup, I really do think it's Penn State, Texas A&M. Like, I kind of really? felt, I mean, I think that's a great matchup. I was a little upset that A&M got Penn State in the first round because I was A&M. I don't say the team that I thought could like, I didn't know where they'd be seated, but like they were a team that had my eye on because of Wade Taylor. So I was like, okay, let's see what they do. They, he's a little guy, but um, he's fearless. He is one of those guys you say, okay, if you're going to need, you're going to need a player who's going to take you on a deep run in March. Like, you know, it's going to be one of these guards. So I was curious where they would land. Um, they landed Penn State. I think that's a tough matchup, but I think that Texas A&M is a tough team. Um, Buzz Williams is one of the most underrated coaches in all college basketball. I thought when he went to Texas A&M, it was a terrible idea, and he's went there, and he's done a pretty bang-up job since he's been there. Um, so I, I like what I've seen uh, from Texas A&M this year. So I think that that's a game I'm really curious to see. I think that's, that's, excuse me, can talk there. I just think that those are two teams that I've really been fascinated by all season. So to see them in a first round matchup, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, the other one I think for me is going to be St. Mary's and VCU. I think that um, a clash of styles, I think a team, uh, two teams that I think in many ways will look at each other and feel like, hey, like this is our shot to like win a first round game and maybe make a run here. So I think for a 5-12 game, May not be the sexiest game in terms of like upset alert because you got a West Coast Conference team against a VCU team that's in a small conference, but a, a program we're very familiar with, a program that has gone to the Final Four. So, not necessarily your typical, you know, little sisters of the poor playing against the Goliath, but that's kind of why I actually dig this 5 12 matchup. Like, it, it feels totally different than most 5 12s. So, like, I think those would be probably my two favorites. 
um, in those two regions. Did I do the other regions? I think, uh, or you know, I just did one favorite. So that those would be my two favorites. I know I, said, I only said to pick one, but I had to pick. Uh, well, I think one I'd say Penn State, Texas A&M, but if I had to pick uh, multiple, I'd say maybe St. Mary's TC, uh, uh, St. Mary's versus um, VCU would be my other one. Um, but I think we're at the point where we can do final four picks here. So um, I'll go first. So I have Alabama coming out of the South. I have Marquette, a team that we have not talked about at all. Now for the second podcast I've done, <laughs> where I've done an NCAA tournament preview and I didn't say anything about Marquette, who I have in the final four. But uh, but I, I, I know, I, again, I talked to you a couple of days ago. Like I'm really impressed with this Marquette team, really impressed with the job. Shaka Smart is doing, and again, you know me. Like I want to see what the guard plays like on any team I'm picking going to Final Four. And Kolek and Jones are maybe one of the best backcourts we have left in college basketball uh, this season in this tournament. They also can match that with good front court play as well. Um, they have bigs who can shoot it from the outside. Um, not the biggest team, but they play multiple style defense. They play physical. They score a lot of points. Um, I think this is a special Marquette team, and I, that Big East run, the reason why I'm so impressed was, like, I saw this Big East tournament happen, and I was like, I think they're going to win it, and I wasn't surprised by anything they did, so that tells me, oh, this is a serious team, like, I think a lot of people were surprised, I wasn't, so I do have Marquette coming out of the East, I have Texas coming out of the Midwest, and I have Kansas coming out of the West, Painful to have me pick them over Gonzaga, who I do have in the Elite Eight. I just think I can't trust Gonzaga's guards enough to get them to the Final Four. I think that they're in a good position in the sense that they're not this number one overall seed with this big target on their chest. And and it's good because they ain't, they ain't got the talent like a number one seed. So it's glad that they don't they didn't get some kind of inflated seeding this year or finagle their way into a number one overall seed or anything like that. Like, they are right where they should be. And they're still really good. They're still the most efficient offensive team. They still lead the nation in scoring. Like it's still a very difficult, tough team to stop. It's just previous Gonzaga teams, they always had a guy where if like you couldn't go through the inside and you couldn't get an easy basket through your bigs, you could just get a guard who just make his own play. Gonzaga just doesn't have that. They don't have that guy on this team this year. Um and at times their guard play has been not just not able to be spectacular or be dynamic. Sometimes it's actually been the reason why they've lost games. So winning four in a row against good teams with their guard play, I think they can win three. I haven't win three. I think Kansas is where the buck stops. So I have Texas and Kansas and Alabama Marquette. So I talked about this being a bracket that I think will be busted and will have multiple big upsets here. I have two one seeds and two two seeds in my final four. So I guess you guys can – Get ready to laugh at, at the crazy teams we'll end up seeing in the Final Four. But in my championship game, I have Texas versus Alabama, and I have Texas as my national champion. Wow. Um, so as of right now, I have uh, I have uh, Arizona coming out of the South region, um, not Alabama. I have uh, no surprise here. I got Memphis coming out of the East. Uh, but that <laughs> not a homer pick at all. Uh, but that one is, I think, it's, it's wide open. I think that that one will come from whoever comes out of the top half of the bracket. That's, that's my that's my guess there. Um, uh, in the Midwest, I've got Xavier getting out. 
uh, as a three seed. And in the West, I've got wow. UConn. Ah, UConn. Yeah, I, I had Gonzaga for a while, and it, I still may go and end up switching to Gonzaga, but I'm debating that one. Um, yeah, UConn, we didn't talk much about them, but... Uh, hey, we talked about them getting upset, so... I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what's scary. and You yeah. know, you might actually be talking me out of picking them, because like, you don't want to pick a team that... You, you think, think you're losing the first, first round. round. Yeah, it's scary. Cause, yeah, because your bracket's toast. You know, a national championship runner-up potentially or a Final Four team uh, are gone in, in the first day. It's, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's shattering, bracket shattering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've got I've got UConn coming out. I think uh, between them and Xavier, I think uh, Xavier obviously just you know veteran. You know, I think Sean Miller. Uh, exercise a lot of demons. This is a guy that's gone on NCAA tournament runs, not hasn't gotten hasn't broken through and gotten to a Final Four yet. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like it's only a matter of time. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see in his first tournament in, in many years what what how that goes for him. But I think I think that this will go well given the draw they got. Um, you know, with. A veteran team. Sule Booms played excellent, obviously, this year. He's a great player. Um, I watched him torch St. John's this year. Yeah. In the game they played you know, against him. Kobe Jones is a guy that's, that's getting a lot of looks in the with the NBA. Uh, obviously, you got Fremantle and Nunji in the front court. So, no, nah, it's a good Xavier team. Um, and in the uh, – and when, you, when you're talking about UConn, again, size – uh, size when 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 you're talking about um, what some call Sanogo and you're talking about uh, Klingon. I mean yeah. that that's there. You know, I think that's the common denominator with a lot of these teams that that the, the pretty much the four teams that I'm talking about is is good big men. You know, yeah. Gonzaga was the other team I was talking about. Again, really good front court play. I think that that not that big men don't. Not that guards aren't important, because uh, mm-hmm. they are, but, um, but for whatever reason, I just don't think that this is a year where there are, and obviously Xavier's got, you know, arguably the best point guard in the country, but, like, it's, but I don't think this is a year where you're carrying, in Memphis obviously has a high-level point guard as well, but I don't think this is a year where you're carried by your uh, point guard. You know, I don't know if there's a guy out there that I feel like, is that guy, you know, the Kendrick Davis could get hot, you know, and be really good. I mean, if Sasser is healthy, like Sasser and shed could sort of be those guys, but I really think Marcus Carr could be that guy. clearly. Cause I picked him to win that. Yeah. Matchup. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're high on car. Um, and that, that's fair. He's so erratic, man. That's the thing. I mean, him He's and so Hunter. Erratic. Yeah. Hunter, you know, played terrible in that. Uh, Big 12 championship game. They yeah, won. I think he was like, like over oh, 10 or whatever he was. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, that that's what scares me is in a single, single elimination kind of deal. Um, you know, this guy's not necessarily a point guard, but, you know, Brandon Miller obviously has, you know, the perimeter player that, you know, has that capability. Uh, I guess the, the thing that scares me about UConn beyond just, I think, a kind of tricky first round matchup that I have them winning, by the way, in my bracket. Is they have the size, they have maybe the best shooter in the country 
in um, Jordan Hawkins. Sure. But do they have a guy that just give this guy the ball and go get a bucket guy? Like, right. they don't really have that guy at all. Yeah. And I can't remember a team that won a national championship that didn't have that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, or or I guess, I mean, and they're saying go to just go to the Final Four. But to me, like, I like for me to for me to pick you go to final four. I someone's got to think you got to get you could win a national championship. Like that's how I. I mean, look, it. obviously Kansas had Ochai last year, but yeah, you're gonna make the case that Kansas. No, but I'm no, but I'm saying I'm I'm saying you need one guy. I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not even saying you need multiple. I don't yeah. think UConn has a guy. Like, but even Ochai was a lot of catch and shoot. You know, Bill Self's really good at getting him good shots. Like, he wasn't a. Give me the ball, get out the way, I'll get you a bucket. Uh-huh. You know? I see your point. But like, Yeah, I mean that might be a good example. None of those guys, none of the, nobody on this team is as good as that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Let me just be clear. I don't think anybody on this team is as good as Joe Shaibachi. Yeah. You know So there's that. Top five player in the country last year, you know. Um Yeah, I mean I yeah, it's 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 a fair point. I mean I don't I, don't I mean, Baylor, Baylor had, like, three, four guys on their team. Yeah. Virginia, Virginia had DeAndre Hunter. Um, yeah. Nova yeah, had – Nova had three – Nova had, like, three guys on their team, including Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Um, Carolina had guys on their team. I mean, I want to say, I mean, I mean – Duke had trade tra- tra- at, 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 uh, had, uh, had Jones, Ty Jones. Yeah, but these are teams. Of course, I'm talking about one national championship. But right, right, and then there's always even if it's not necessarily they're not all necessarily got to be isolation guys, but just guys that you know when you need a bucket, they'll find a way to get a bucket. Yeah, yeah, like I said, like, like Tyus Jones. Is, yeah, like Tyus Jones is not an isolation guy, but he's right, he was right. and Julia Oak. Right, and Oak like, was it. Uh, you know. But I even think to me like that's why I I like. Because to me, like, the problem with bigs is you can kind of take them away from a game. That's actually why I, I, I think sometimes, I know we have totally different brackets, Like I feel like we, it's easy to get intoxicated by teams led by big men. But I just think it's so much easier to take those guys away than it is a guy who has the ball in his hands all the time like a guard, which is why I think guard play is always so important. Guard play is important. Because you could just double them. You could just, you could, uh, you could actually spend. You could heat up your their other team's guards so much that it's hard to get the ball to the big men. Which I, I and this guy who's watching Zach lose so many different ways in <laughs> big tournament games. I can tell you that <laughs> that it's, it's there's a lot of ways that you can take away great big men. So that's why when I look at UConn, I say, okay, what happens if Snow gets in foul trouble, or if just one of these teams has a decent strategy to limit them? Like, how else are they getting offense that isn't like? Uh, what's the name? Running Hawkins running around screens. You know, like I don't, I don't really know. Like they have good players. Like they have guys that can score. They they have a really good offensive team. It's just they kind of play an interesting style of basketball that I don't know translates the best to March. But they have so much talent. Like UConn is like UConn is your walk off the bus national champion. Like that team gets off the bus. You're like, okay, that's that's a basketball team. Like, yeah. they got so much size, they got so many big dudes. Like, they look like a team that should be a national championship college basketball team. So, and in some ways, like I understand why that you and a lot of people really like UConn, but that was that was my hiccup in not picking them. 
to get past the Sweet 16 and 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 not obviously not not having them in my final four. So who's your national champion? Uh, my national championship I've not really talked about, but uh, it's the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, again, this is not one that I feel super confident so who, about. So who, you, who do you have them beating? Uh, I have them beating UConn. Okay, um, so you have UConn in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, that feels like a wait. very, like, 1998 yeah, like, yeah, championship Yeah, 2002. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a, a Calhoun, Lou Olsen era championship game. It never happened. It feels like it should have. 100%. Um, no, I think you, I think uh, these both coaches have not been in their respective no. spots very long. Um, I think I think Arizona is just a safe bet, and they're not safe in the sense that I think Baylor could easily beat them. The Creighton could easily beat them, and that's what scares me. And that's why it's not a, a pound the table, you know, sharpie, put it in sharpie, as Seth Davis likes to say you know, tournament pick, but a uh, champion pick. But I, but I think they're a pretty safe bet with the personnel, the way they play. You score a lot of points. Um, you tend to be a pretty safe bet, but they don't always rely just solely on shooting. Um, you know, I think, I mean, the front court of Tubelis and Ballo, uh, is up That's, there for best in the country. Yeah, it's that they, those guys are the front court pairings. I mean, yeah. it was just, just yeah, exactly just two huge guys, man. Um, mentioned Kurt Kreisa, uh, you know, Courtney Ramey in the backcourt, Pell Larson uh, coming off the bench as a shooter. Um, got a kid in Killian Boswell, who's a, who's a five star that reclassified, and only seventeen years old, is playing for them pretty well. So I don't know. I just think that this is a team that. Pretty complete. They don't have the guy last year like they had in Matherin. Um and I had, I believe, I don't, I don't think I had them winning it, but I had them going pretty far last year. Um, and I think last year's team was better, yeah, than this year's team. But sometimes that doesn't matter. I mean, you know, as a Gonzaga fan, sometimes they need to, yeah, I mean, take I, your best team to be the one to go the furthest. Like, there's so much of me that keeps looking at like this Gonzaga team and feeling like. Is a team that I think obviously has the worst chance to win that championship based on the teams we've had. But it's almost like this it wouldn't be just play justice that this is the team that does it. Like, yeah, you're yeah. right. Like, there's so many teams you say, well, that team's more talented, but it's who you play, it's how you're playing at that moment, and a lot of, there are a lot of different factors. I think the one thing about Arizona that, like I said, why I think they are dangerous is Kirk Reese is healthy. Like, he wasn't healthy yeah. in that tournament last year. And, you know, like, you know, I love obviously Matherin and I love Dallin Terry, but like they didn't have the point guard, you know? And I, I think that not only Creasa as a offensive player, but also Creasa's defense as well. Like not having him on either side of the ball, I think is crushing for a team like that. Especially a team that's not going to hang their hat on defense anyway. So it's different having him in the fold and also having him. Uh, shooting the ball where he is this year as well. He's a better player than he was last year. So we have him healthy. I think that's a different. I think that's a big difference. You know, they don't have the high end power, but I'd rather have this team with a healthy point guard than um, the team they had last year and no point guard, which is what kind of what they had because Teresa was just like not really himself by the time he got to March. 
Yeah, no, and, and I think Tommy Lloyd is a coach that is uh, good enough to get to the Final Four. Uh, he's been there before as an assistant. I think so, too. Multiple times. I think, I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, and, um, I, I know some people who cover Arizona basketball who have spoke so highly of Tommy Lloyd and the program he's running. Not surprising, to be honest. I mean, it still, like, look, Gonzaga's, you know, these are rich people's problems. Like, they are still a great program. But as a Gonzaga fan, like, Tommy Lloyd's supposed to be <laughs> coaching, waiting. And a lot of people from that program knew that Tommy Lloyd kind of was, I'm not going to say doing everything. I'm not going to diminish Mark Few like that. But Mark Few, in many ways, had took a step back so that Tommy Lloyd can get that experience. So that when Few eventually retired, that he'd be ready to go. And Lloyd it did so much, of that, bit. so much of their preparation, so much of their um offensive strategy and their offense built around his system like it, it feels a little bit like i don't want to over inflate it um you know it's not like you know not like some dynasty brewing over there but like when when kirby smart went to georgia and you know they're not in the same conference they don't play each other every year but just in the sense of you know you're still in the same region uh same least side of the country and um Gonzaga's Gonzaga. You know, Alabama's Alabama. The formula shifts a little bit, but they can adapt because they're Alabama. They could adapt because they're Gonzaga. We don't, we don't need to sign three foreign players every year because, you know, we're being a brand now. We can get Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren, like, and Hunter Salas. We don't need to, to rely on getting the, the Rui Hachimoras and the DeMontis bonuses of the world. But it feels like the 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 – the blueprint that made Gonzaga Gonzaga in those years kind of feels it's like being, it's, it's being applied in uh, in Arizona. Yeah, it's being applied at Arizona, and sometimes and there's questions about has Gonzaga lost its identity a little bit of the program? You know, have they evolved into something that still you can still win at a high level, but do they look different? You know, and Tommy, the Tommy Lloyd get asked by say about Nick Saban. I kind of wonder if Tommy Lloyd is, and this is going to be extremely high praise, so forgive me if this does sound like maybe a little Gonzaga homerism, but I think that the parallels in their career are not, they're only dissimilar because of the programs that we're talking about, but not dissimilar if you think of like what those programs were at the time that they were there. I wonder if Tommy Lloyd is Roy Williams, a guy who was an assistant Long time at school. I think people thought he always coached. Then got a, another great job at another power. And took them to the National Championship game. Did all this great stuff with them. Um, only didn't come back to the school that, you know, he always wanted to go to anyway. School that, you know. he was, It was alma mater for him. I don't think Tommy Lloyd went to Gonzaga. But uh, right. there's part of me that wonders that if this is like the kind of track we're seeing. Now... That didn't win. That didn't end up with a national championship at Kansas, and it was very much a story of his career that he had this awesome career at Kansas, but could never win a national championship. But it does feel like you know Roy like learned everything from Dean Smith, then like <laughs> applied all that stuff, and then his his own obviously identity to a program that already was like championship caliber, and just like took them to new heights. Like it, it just it just I think their careers are a lot more similar than I think people. We'll know now, but I think we'll be talking about it maybe something 10 years from now. I'll be like, remember that podcast where I said Tommy Lloyd was Roy Williams? Like, uh, I said that 10 years ago. So, anyway. <laughs> but, um, so, so you got Arizona. I got 
uh, Texas. Both of us taking two seeds there, so I think of note in, in that. I'm excited for the tournament, man. This stuff is getting started, man. I know we did this one late in terms of the podcast. And I don't mean late in terms of time. It is late on a Thursday night or Thursday morning at this point I'm recording, but a Thursday morning in East Coast. Oh, yeah, I guess where you are too, Kendall. Um, but uh, but for those checking us out, filling out your breakfast last, last minute, or just want to listen to us talk about these games that are happening as you're watching them, we thought it was important to get it out. We know we've been slow on sports talk, so I want to make sure we do it, and now it's done. So uh, we'll be doing plenty more sports talk coming up now, uh, some time freeing up, basketball season getting underway, So and some massive news happening in the NFL. So I know Sean will be back to talk about that as well. So um, I think that's a good place to do it. Leave it here. So that's going to do it for this edition of New Generation Sports Talk. Thanks to Kendall. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us there at New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, as well as on Facebook, New Generation Media. And follow me and Kendall individually on social media. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram and TikTok, Action EJ. That'll do it for now. Thank you so much for checking us out. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.